All right, folks, we have a special episode here of the Lose All Your Money podcast. It's going to be a fantastic episode as we do not have Rob. So just by by nature, it's going to be way, way better. We actually have a special guest here, a Yankee fan who is on the bridge right now. They are in last place and we all are just shedding a tear for us here. But Liam, welcome to the show. Glad to have somebody who actually knows something about fantasy football rather than Rob's uh, nonsense. Yeah, thank you very much. I find it hilarious that I have to make my podcast debut with a Orioles fan on the day that we release uh, Josh Donaldson in all his glory. But yeah, glad to be here. Happy to be here. I promise I will do better than Rob because Rob knows nothing about fantasy football. Yes, yes. Quite the high bar. Rob just loves the NFL. He's too cool for the NFL. But yeah, I really want to tell everybody how you ended up being our guest star today. It's quite a great story. So I'll let you kind of start it off. I think it was this time last year during the fantasy football pod that I was recording with Dumb Guy Rob. And if you could just go ahead and tell us how we got to where we are now and I can fill in any gaps. Yeah. So actually, it was a little bit, a little bit into September. And I was in Italy. I was on a train from Sicily to Florence. I just got engaged in Sicily. So I was riding a high. And then I turned on my uh, favorite podcast, my favorite sports betting podcast to pass the time. And it was your fantasy football episode with Rob. And I heard an interesting take from you where you said a lot of people are starting to take quarterbacks high. And I think I like that strategy. And I've been saying that for years. And I remember you giving me a hard time about it when I talked to you about it. And then a mutual friend of ours who lives in a farm out in Gilbert also gave me a hard time about it. And I was just, I was furious. So on the train from Sicily to Florence, I typed up this email and sent it to the pod and demanded that I get a spot next year on the Fantasy Football Podcast. So yeah, about a year later, here I am. Good to be here. Absolutely. Now, one minor detail that you left out is you sent this email. You thought you sent this email about a year ago and then no response. So you sent it to my email and you just took it like a champ. You're like, all right, this dude's like East Coasted me, whatever. Still invited me to your house for the Super Bowl when I was out in Arizona. So kind of you. And then you're like, dude, you never got back to me about my email. I was like, what email? He's like, I sent you an email 100%. So we look back and you misspelled the email address for me. So it was in your drafts. Which if any of my close friends listening to this, they're going to just be like, that is the most Liam move I've ever heard in my life that I didn't send an email because I had a grammar. They're going to have fun with that one. Uh, Funny enough, actually, I came back from Italy and obviously the news of my engagement broke out and people wanted to have like a good time and celebrate. When I first saw Rob, I don't even think I let him like congratulate me. I just said, WTF, Rob, like why didn't they email me back about fantasy football podcast? So yeah, lesson learned there. Should learn how to spell, but you know, that's why I work for uh, the government. There you go. As a fellow government employee on the local government level, I'm with you. I think it's just like such a great lesson for us all. And I'm so guilty of this, of just like how in our own head we are about stuff. And then it's just something that's like, menial or like, you know, a grammar error or something of that nature. It's like Frank Costanza moment, you know, that you could just see spiraling out of control that I'm just happy to be on the other end of one time. But yes, we got you on the pod. I'll just say to your take is just, you know, markets change, you know, markets change. And you're right. For years, the play for me was late quarterback. And that's definitely changed 
And I think maybe you're a little ahead of the curve, but you also just got to take every draft every year different. And there's definitely some things that we'll talk about this year that I think are a little bit different. The biggest thing for me before we go position by position is that wide receivers are kind of getting pushed up like never seen before, especially early on. And for years, I've always said kind of unless you have a dominant running back and it kind of falls to you, kind of take running backs early and you kind of mess with the running backs later. And now I'm kind of trying to get the surefire running backs early because I see just tremendous wide receiver value later on. And we'll talk about that a little bit more. And that, like I said, that's just the market changing. Also the NFL changing, becoming such a more pass happy league. And you also just seeing NFL teams embrace the fact that running backs are so, you know, replaceable and they're so, whether it's injury, aging, contract demands, Whereas wide receivers, we've had some studs. Justin Jefferson, pretty much the notorious 1.1 now. Jamar Chase, other guys of that nature who have just been absolute rock stars. So yeah, that's kind of a big picture thing for me. I am with the quarterback strat, and we'll talk about that when we go starting with quarterbacks. But anything big picture that you either are really feeling this year or just maybe kind of standard practice for you when you start a draft? I would say when I start a draft, the most important things is, I think actually you told me this a long time ago. You can't win your league on draft day, but you can lose it, right? So you can't overextend yourself. You have to go in with a plan. You have to go in with – I go in with a tier concept. You know, you need your running back ones, your running back twos, and so on. And receiver, the same thing. Receiver one, receiver two tiers, and, you know, filling your roster there. I would say, you know, as a New York football giant fan, I definitely know the, the market is turning on the running back. As Saquon Barkley had the second biggest holdout of the year. So I definitely see that happening as well. I've had a few drafts this year, and I can definitely tell you receivers are the new NFL darling. They're going early. They're going fast. Yeah, absolutely. Love the tier concept. I'm a huge believer in that because the thing about the draft is you can plan all you want, but you do have to be tethered to your league in some aspect some positions more so than others. But at the end of the day, it does matter with your league. And even if your league mates are dumb and you want that, obviously to an extent, you do have to factor that in a little bit. And those tiers at least let you know that, oh man, hey, quarterback's going earlier than normal or running backs or whatever it may be and vice versa. So that way you can react with that. But since you are the bona fide quarterback early savant, I will let you go first. Who do you like, dislike, sleepers, bust, anything you want at the quarterback position? Floor is yours. All right. Well, it's actually even funnier because today I did submit my keeper in my main league, and I am going to go with Joey Burrow. We have an auction-style draft, so I'm keeping him for $8, which I love the value on that. I love Joey B. I love him since he's LSU days, and he's just excelled. I would say somebody that I think everybody's high on, that I'm not so high on, and I think he's going to have a sophomore year slump, is Justin Fields. I understand fantasy-wise, he's going to get a lot of points. He can get a lot of points. I'm just not high on him. I think he's going to have a down year, and everybody's projecting him to go number first round, second round, and I just don't think he's going to go that high. Sleeper? I got two sleepers. One's not really a sleeper, but I would say he's probably going in the mid-rounds is Trevor Lawrence. I think he's going to have a fantastic year. Second year under Doug, he's just going to have a great year with Calvin Ridley coming back out of uh, getting suspended for gambling, which is funny enough we're on this podcast. And then I would say a guy that you may might slip off the boards and you could probably pick him up on the waiver wire, hopefully, is Kenny Pickett. I think Kenny Pickett's going to have a great year. He's going to be under the radar for a while, and I think he's going to actually have a solid year for the Steelers. 
Very nice. Very nice. Yeah, definitely don't necessarily disagree with anything that you said there. And it all comes down to ADP, right? That's the thing about drafting is we dislike and like every single player at certain ADPs. And I definitely don't dislike any people that you mentioned there. It's just all about when you're taking them. For me, I do think you have to kind of, you're not going to get a perfect draft, right? So you have to pick where you want to kind of be weaker or stronger at. And I do fully embrace trying to be stronger at quarterback. So I kind of feel like there's this elite tier at the top with Hertz, Allen, Mahomes, and Jackson, Lamar Jackson. With I have Jalen Hurts being the number one quarterback. And, you know, if you can get him early third round, I'm willing to pull the trigger on him there. Allen and Mahomes. Mahomes is just going to go earlier because he's Patrick Mahomes. There's old, you're always going to have that one guy in your league that's going to draft him high. So you're most likely not going to get Mahomes at a good value. But if he were somehow to fall there as well, I would take him. But I do have Hurts number one. I don't want to take him, though, until you get to maybe 24, 25, that two, three turn, which a lot of times isn't going to be available. Allen, you're not going to get as well there. There's also a little bit more injury concern, but he's kind of closer to Mahomes in terms of popularity now. But I do think Lamar Jackson is somebody in that tier that you can reliably get late third, maybe even early fourth. Early fourth, if I don't have a quarterback, which most likely I, of course, don't, I'm going to take Lamar there. There's just so much upside with the weaponry, the new offense, he got his contract. He's all in with the Ravens. I would really like to leave a draft with those in my top four, any of those in top four at value, at ADP. I'm not reaching for any of those guys, but if they fall there, I'm going to go ahead and take them. Kind of the last guy I would feel comfortable with having, I'm cool with Burrow. Fields, if he falls, just because of his immense rushing upside, I don't think he's that great of a quarterback. And you kind of mentioned with the sophomore despite this being his third year, but we'll call it a junior sophomore slump. I think he made a huge jump last year and it's kind of hard to project that to keep going forward. He might be better, but it's hard to see him take a meaningful jump. I agree with you there on that. But the last guy I'm kind of comfortable with being my quarterback would be Justin Herbert. They have a new offensive coordinator in Kellen Moore. They took a wide receiver in the first round, Quentin Johnson, Austin Eckler, Mike Williams is healthy. You've got just tons of weapons everywhere there. And I really think he could have a stud, stud year this year. Now, if I somehow don't get those first seven, the last guy I'm trying to get is Daniel Jones. I do think Trevor Lawrence is great as well, but his ADP is pretty high. I disagree with anything you said there. But Daniel Jones just gives that rushing upside. And at the end of the day, it's laughable to the contract he got was definitely a lot. But at the end of the day, Brian Dable, signed him to that contract. And I have a lot of respect for Dable. And yes, you can say maybe they overpaid him, but they did make the decision to sign him and said, hey, this is a guy we can make work. They improve weapons around him. So that's the last guy that if I don't get those top seven, I'm making sure I get Daniel Jones. I might even take him a, a round earlier if I need to, just to secure that. And then I'm probably going to pair him with another guy later. My late guy that I like is Anthony Richardson. I don't think he's a good quarterback, but just the way that the quarterback position is scored with running, they're in a dome, they're going to be bad. He's somebody I don't want to have as my standalone quarterback. Definitely want to have him paired with someone like Daniel Jones or maybe Kirk Cousins, late Geno Smith. But he is somebody, if I don't have somebody in that top seven, I like to try to get two with Daniel Jones and Anthony Richardson, maybe a, a Geno Smith too, if I didn't get one of those two. Don't disagree at all with Kenny Pickett. I just don't see the upside with rushing. But definitely if you're in these deeper leagues, your quarterbacks are going, he's definitely somebody that's trending up. And I'm always going to want to be taking somebody trending up. And then kind of one fade for you is everyone's going to want to have, getting that later range, Aaron Rodgers. And I was going to ask. Yeah, yeah. It's just so hard for him to return value fantasy-wise, given new system, 
weapons not being as good, things of that nature. I mean, I shouldn't say weapons not being as good. Wilson's a great wide receiver, but still so much things in flux. He's such a big name. It's just hard for him to pay off ADP-wise. And of course, he does not run. So that's going to be tough. So yeah, any thoughts about that? Anything you agree, disagree with with the quarterback position before we head to running back? I love your Daniel Jones pick. I agree with you 100%. He has a backup on a couple of my teams. I do have Joey Burrow and then I do have Daniel Jones backing him up. So I think that's a strong one too. I love what you're saying about Anthony Richardson. I will disagree with you on Aaron Rodgers. I just, I think Nathan Hackett, he's used to that system. Does he have the weapons like he did in Green Bay, you know, a few years ago? Maybe not, but Garrett Wilson's still a very good young receiver. And I think Aaron Rodgers got a couple years left in him, but I wouldn't take him high. I agree with you. Somebody's going to reach for him in your draft probably. So I would just stay away from you. Yeah, and that's just where it comes down to. I think he's going to be a great actual quarterback. I just think the way fantasy is scoring occurs, it's just hard for him to – like, for example, I'd be willing to say like Geno Smith will have a better year than him. Kirk Cousins will have a better year than him, fantasy-wise. You know, Fantasy-wise, uh, I see. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. Okay, awesome. All right, go ahead and head to running backs. Any takes, likes, dislikes, busts, sleepers you have for the running back position? Sleep uh, for my favorites right now. I mean, Austin Eckler to me has been always my old faithful. He is great, especially in PPR leagues. He does get, I think he's projected to get over 100 targets this year. So he's going to be great for PPR leagues. I think Saquon Barkley is going to have a great year only because he had a great year last year and the Giants offense only got better. They have a better offensive line and they added other weapons other than Saquon Barkley. So I do think he's actually going to have more opportunities with this offense being more spread around the field. Tony Pollard, obviously Zeke is now in New England, so he is the number one guy. I'm not buying into this Deuce Vaughn, you know, Twitter hype. I think Tony Pollard's going to be your back one through three for most of the downs, and I think he's going to be great. I am confused. I'm actually interested in your opinion on this guy. He's dropped in, in rankings this year, Joe Mixon. I would stay away from him just because he is not high on the rankings. I think he's now like settled around 12th running back. And I loved him on my team last year, so I'm actually curious to hear your feedback on that. And then a guy I would stay away from, Damian Pierce. Houston's is going to be just bad. And the rookie quarterbacks usually don't do good things for their running backs. So I'm going to stay away from that guy, especially. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely have a couple of things there. Joe Mixon was like, for a while, like a free agent, I believe. And there was a question if he was going to come back or not. They took a running back, I think, in the fifth round and the Bengals are just an organization that obviously they're trying to get Burrow resigned and Higgins resigned and things of that nature that Mix is just an expendable piece and they understand that. So I think that's where the, the anxiety comes from that if you're taking him. But at the end of the day, you know, that's going to be a hell of an offense. And if he falls enough, like we said with anybody ADP wise, we're going to go ahead and pull the trigger on. I'm 100% with you with Tony Pollard. I liked Pollard more than Barkley this year. I think he's got immense upside and really just the running back position in general, pretty much Chubb and Pollard, probably that fourth, fifth running back. I want to get one of those five. And then I don't want to touch the running backs for a while unless somebody falls. So unless somebody falls immensely in ADP, like Travis Etienne, Ramondre Stevenson, Kenneth Walker, Brees Hall, things like that, I really want to stay away and then kind of re-enter the running back realm when we get down to the Javante Williams, James Cook, Rashad White, these type of running back that you might see, let's say, fifth, sixth round, seventh round, where if they fail, it's not nearly as detrimental. But really, a lot of the unsexy, 
halves of potential running back committees. So what I mean by that is, you know, B. John Robinson, the run, uh, the rookie from Atlanta, is easy to love, but Tyler Algier last year had a thousand yards rushing as a rookie. So you kind of get him built in as somebody in an emergency situation you can play, and then obviously if something happened to Robinson, he skyrockets. Another one, David Montgomery, not sexy at all. They took a, a rookie running back in Jameer Gibbs this year in Detroit, but that's a hell of an offense. You're going to get some level of production with David Montgomery already. They signed him to a, a three-year deal, I believe. So he's going to get something, and if something were to happen to Gibbs, or even if just the rookie learning curve is too steep, you're going to get production from them, and the cost is just so much later. A guy I like later, James Cook, I mentioned him a little bit earlier, but uh, – Second round pick, I believe, for the Bills. They brought in Damian Harris, it looks like, for goal line work. But I think that's going to take more from Josh Allen than it is from James Cook. Buffalo, obviously, a potential top five offense this year. And then I really think you can take those dart throws depending on how many running backs you get early. If you have one running back early, maybe you err to the safer side with those David Montgomerys. But if you can get two running backs in the first three or four rounds, then maybe you do take a a flyer on a Javante Williams who I could see having a really great year or a really bad year as it recovers from injury. Brees Hall being the same thing with the Jets in that. Just some of these guys that you can get late. Jalen Warren, the Steelers, you know, Najee Harris a couple years ago, first round pick. A lot of people think in the fantasy football community, Jalen Warren might be the better running back overall. Tons of late running backs, Cincinnati, uh, Miami, that you can take super, super late. Even Jacksonville Tank Bigsby's had a great rookie year. Samaj P. Ryan takes the other side of that running back committee in Denver. Samaj P. Ryan was brought in intentionally by Sean Payton. So, you know, taking kind of the unsexy guys and just building a bunch of those and then just playing the waiver wire. Like I said, you're not going to have a perfect draft. There's going to be a weakness in your roster. So I kind of want to have strength at wide receiver and quarterback and then maybe have one elite running back and then let these dart throws and my waiver wires try to, to give me depth at running back, if that makes any sense. Any thoughts, disagreements, agreements with what I said with the running back position? No, I actually completely agree with you on that. I think, it, I think you're going to win the league if you stay focused on the waiver wire and throwing some darts. But I do have a question, though, because it is August 29th and it came out today. What are you doing with Jonathan Taylor? Yeah, yeah. When do you feel comfortable making that move? Are you comfortable at all making that move? Are you staying away from me saying, no way, I don't trust it. Jeremy Ursay is a crazy man. I'm out of here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It would take a lot. He'd have to really fall for me to take him. But he did not get traded today when the roster cuts occurred. I mean, you're probably looking at, if I had to put a number on it, sixth, seventh, maybe probably eighth round, seventh or eighth round. And it depends on also if I like my team build. If I'm confident at running back and I can just take an absolute – potential zero with Jonathan Taylor, that's the only way I'm drafting him. But like, if I need a running back position, I'm probably going to even shy away from him unless somehow he drops. But this episode is obviously geared towards a more casual players. So I'm confident somebody's going to take him third or fourth round, just being a you know, hungover drafter. Yes. So yeah. What about you? What are you thinking about that with him? I think I'm staying clear. Because it's one thing, you know, like Alvin Kamara is obviously suspended for the first three games, but you know he's coming back. You know he's going to be in New Orleans. Jonathan Taylor, he's on pup list now, so he's automatically gone for four games. Does he come back after four games? I don't know. I just don't think it's happening. So I'm staying clear away from him. But, I mean, look at the depth chart. Who's Colts, who's running back if it's not there? Maybe throw a dart on him like uh, Zach Moss. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And the last thing, the reason I feel that way about Taylor is just like the Colts are going to be bad this year. Oh yeah, and he's already like him versus you know ownership and, and the organization. So anytime you have that, it's like then there's smoke, there's fire, and yeah. So I think we're in agreement to stay away with that. But awesome. Anything before we move to wide receivers? Oh, uh, let's go to the the darlings of NFL. That's right, our divas. Anybody jump out to you? Just overall thoughts about the position this year? Well, obviously you had the first two studs, Jamar, Justin. They're going to go. They're going to go for big if you do options. So I understand that. I actually have an interesting take. I want to hear your opinion after I'm done. Is Cooper Cup has been slipping in my drafts, and not that far, but he is slipping. He's going into round two. He's going sometimes in the round three, and I'm like, what's going on there? A lot of people were very cautious on Cup. I actually think Jalen Waddle is going to have a better year than Tyreek Hill. I think if Tua keeps his head off the ground, I think Jalen Waddle's ceiling is extremely high this year. I think he's going to have a monster year. Calvin Ridley, honestly, probably the most interesting player in the entire draft because you just he has such upside to him. He has Trevor Lawrence as a quarterback. He's got Doug Peterson as his head coach. But did he lose a step through the year he was gone, or is he going to come back better than ever? I love him. I think he's going to do great. What really excites me about, there's two other things that are really excited about the receivers this year. Rookies, rookies, rookies. What a class of rookie receivers coming in. I love everything. I'm actually a big fan of Zay Flowers. I think he's going to do very well in Baltimore. Quentin Johnson in San Diego, I think he has upside because Keen Allen, Mike Williams, one of them usually gets hurt. One of them usually misses a few weeks, and I think that would be the time when Quentin Johnson really steps up and takes a spot. Also, don't forget course about Minnesota man Addison I think his name is he is playing opposite of Justin Jefferson what is Jefferson Jefferson going to get a lot of attention let the rookie on the other side get some one-on-ones with the corners and of course one intriguing thing that I would be remiss about saying is are the Denver Bronco receivers going to be any good this year which I know relates to is Russell Wilson going to be good this year but keep an eye on Jerry Judy and Court Lynn Sutton for that yeah, very good. There's actually a couple of things you mentioned there that uh, actually you took right from me. I absolutely love Calvin Ridley this year. He's playing for his money this year. You know, obviously he was the first initial gambling. You know, he died on the cross for us, or us gamblers. He was the first one, and he tied for our sins. He did. He did. And I mean, he was an absolute. You know, obviously stud in Atlanta with Matt Ryan. It was an indoor passing environment. You know, Matt Ryan chucks the ball like nobody else. But like you said, the fact that it's parlayed with Trevor Lawrence, especially if you do find yourself missing those early quarterbacks and you get Ridley, then maybe you can take Lawrence a little bit later and then you get that little parlay. So you only need one event to happen. So if they both have a great year, there's obviously a lot of correlation to that. And that could really separate you for that team. So I like that a lot. You mentioned rookies and I don't disagree with rookies at all. I love the class as well, especially from a dynasty perspective. But it can take a year or so to kind of get them, you know, up to maybe where you're seeing it. But it all comes to ADP. So ADP, I completely agree with you. I would just say don't bank on those rookies early in the year. But when push comes to shove, when it's time to get paid, you know, after week 10, 11, 12 starts playoffs of fantasy football, some of them might be shining, especially like what you said with Quentin Johnson with the injuries with the Chargers. But yeah. Like I said, my strategy is try to get a uh, running back early, a stud wide receiver early, a quarterback early, and then really just pepper some wide receivers. So that way your wide receiver two, your flex position, and your first person off the bench is kind of like this – 
tier of wide receivers that you can rotate with matchups and obviously as injuries occur, but it really kind of starts at Calvin Ridley. And you're talking about guys like Mike Williams, Christian Watson, Drake London, these second year guys with immense upside that I really like all the way down to George Pickens. Then you start getting into the rookies you talked about. I like Zay Flowers a lot as well. Traylon Burks, the second year guy. Sky Moore. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is going to have to throw to somebody. And Sky Moore, you know, he caught a touchdown last year in the Super Bowl. So this is where I want to pepper my darts at. And then after I've done that, take the real late ones with the running back. So really my strategy is kind of elite running back, elite wide receiver, elite quarterback, then go to wide receiver for a little bit and then take running back late. And pretty much we'll kind of get to tight end in a moment. But unless I get a tight end that falls to me, I'm kind of almost intentionally punting tight end. I love, you know, we'll talk to, about the specifics of tight end. Certain guys are, are great. And if you get them at great prices, I just, I'm not confident I'm going to be able to get those at those prices. So love what you said about Jalen Waddle. My only concern is obviously Tua. And, you know, you mentioned Cooper Cup. I actually really don't like drafting anything like below fifth to like eighth or ninth because Tyreek Hill, I think is too high. I think Cooper Cup is too high. Stefan Diggs, He's getting older. Devontae Adams, I mean, an absolute beast, but there's a little friction there with the Raiders. Yeah, so obviously I want to draft like top four, top five. Give me Jefferson Chase or McCaffrey, Elker, those type of guys. Or I'm cool getting the later picks and just getting some depth with it. But yeah, those are my thoughts of wide receiver. Anything jump out to you that, that I mentioned? No, that was good. I think, yeah, exactly. We were on the same vibe with Tom Ridley. I think he's just going to have a good year. Absolutely, with the rookies, you don't want to obviously go too early on them because they are rookies. They are going to have a little struggle in the beginning of the year. But, yeah, if they fall to you in the later rounds, late to mid rounds, I like putting a tag on one of them because I think they're going to have good years this year by the end of it. But, no, I'm interested. Yeah, Cooper Cup, I mean, I had him last year. It's just it's, it's very funny to me that he's sliding that much. And I was very caught off guard, I would say. It was a, a draft shocker to me for the last three drafts. So he just kind of slipped into this late second, third round. Yeah, and I think a big part of my angst with him is just the Rams are going to be terrible, and I yeah. don't like I don't like betting on players on bad teams, and especially aging players on bad teams. I mean, I can see the Rams week twelve, week thirteen, shutting him down, even with a minor injury, and just saying, "Hey, we'll circle back next year and bring it back." So. There's just a lot of ways that could go bad, in my opinion. But yeah, Cooper Cup on a better team, I'm all in with that. But but it's obviously all all context driven. Anything else for you? I also really like your Scott Moore pick because Tony's not going to be on the field. Yeah, he's not. He's I just yeah. Trust me. Yeah, <laughs> I've, I've dealt with enough with uh, Tony. I just don't think he'll be on the field that much. And Sky Moore is going to be a great option. Yeah, and this leads us into tight end perfectly. Is Travis Kelsey is a beast, but he's also going top seven. So it's like he can't really get any better than he already is. You know, so who else is catching passes from the Chiefs? You know, MVS has been there for, you know, he's been in the league long enough where we kind of know who he is. They took uh, the wide receiver, uh, the rookie Rice from SMU. They traded up in the Mm -hmm. second round to get him. So he might be a late flyer too, wide receiver wise. But you know, I'm going to take the guy, Sky Moore, who was used in a variety of ways. He played Division One AA, so there's kind of that huge jump. But they used him in jet sweeps. They used him in short passes, things of that nature. So, yeah, he's a guy I want to throw a late dart on. And if I end up cutting him, I cut him. But, yeah, those are my thoughts. How about what are you thinking when you get to tight end? Well, we mentioned him, the unicorn himself, Kelsey. 
what scares me about Kelsey, if anything, is what is too high? If you're sitting at four, are you taking Kelsey? If the, you're doing auction and he's getting up to $50 out of 200, are you taking him? You know, really, where is the cutoff for a tight end? He's, I've never seen a tight end go so high. And maybe Rob Gronkowski one year, but not really. It's always been, this is an incredible run for Kelsey. What scares me about Kelsey, he is getting up there in age, but he does have Patrick Mahomes as a quarterback. Patrick Mahomes is always going to look for Kelsey. So I do, I do trust that. But I don't think I would waste a top five pick on Kelsey. So I'm probably going to rely on a tight end later in the draft. And one guy that I love, I don't like drafting New York football giants because it gives me extra heartache on Sundays. But Darren Waller, I think, is going to have a monster year. If he stays healthy, he's going to have a monster year. Dable, as you said earlier, you trust Dable to run a good offense. He might line up inside maybe 40% of the time. Most of the time, he's going to spend outside of the box, and he's going to be one-on-one with a corner. And I just trust him. If he stays healthy, he's going to have a monster, monster year. I also love the tight end from Chicago. I'm going to butcher his name. Cole Komet. I like what he does a lot, too. If you can get him in the later rounds, if you need a tight end, you, have, you kind of forgot about tight end, I think he'd be a good one. And then uh, Dalton Schultz from Houston. I know that he has a rookie quarterback, but what do rookie quarterbacks like to do? Like to throw it to their safety net, which is a big tight end. So I do like those guys. But yeah, I would stay away from Kelsey because I just, he is the unicorn. He is great. I just don't like wasting or picking him in the top five. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I completely agree with Kelsey. I mean, it just comes down to opportunity cost. I mean, we consider all day and talk about how good Kelsey is and we wouldn't be lying to, but you know, the stud wide receivers are going to be more separators for you. And, and at some point, the decline is going to happen, right? So I do like Mark Andrews if you can get him. But after Mark Andrews, I'm kind of looking away from tight end for a while. I've been bit by the Kyle Pitts bug, you know, a couple of years and whatnot. So I'll make him prove it to me. And it wouldn't shock me, of course, if he goes off, but given his physical talents and whatnot. But I I just feel for me, TJ Hawkinson just came in and lit everything on fire last year with the Vikings. But for me, I don't like buying people at their peak, right? I don't think they could have more value. He could, you know, he could be higher in ranking than he is right now. And that's kind of where I am with Kelsey as well. I just don't see the room for growth. George Kittle is just too fragile for me, too hit or miss. I mean, yes, when he's on, he's a difference maker, but I'm still spending most likely a fifth-round pick, fourth-round pick, sixth-round pick on him. And I already alluded to, I would rather fire my bullets on wide receivers there with with immense upside as second-year, third-year guys. So really, the only guy that I would be kind of looking at is Dallas Goddard just for like the safetyness of it. I think Jalen Hurts is going to have a major year, like I talked about, especially if I took Jalen Hurts, number one. You know, you can take a Goddard, especially if you didn't get A.J. Brown or if you want to get really risky and just stack the Eagles and take A.J. Brown and Goddard. But, you know, you take Goddard, you have a pretty reasonable floor with Hurts, and then if something were to happen to Devontae Smith or A.J. Brown, you got immense upside with that because the route tree in Philadelphia is pretty narrow with those three. And then I can see maybe Njoko with Cleveland, just because you have flux there with Watson. Let's say he has a good year. David Njoko is just a freak athlete, former first-round pick. I could see him making that. And then after that, I'm probably just seeing who falls to me, whether maybe a potential Juwan Johnson late or, you know, I mean, we're talking second or third, second or maybe even last-round picks. Irv Smith who is going to the Bengals, I think, on a prove-it one-year deal. He was kind of a freak Alabama prospect, never really panned out in Minnesota, but Cincinnati was pretty aggressive in signing him this year. 
you might see some tight ends, or excuse me, some rookie tight ends flourish, but tight end is notoriously tough when you're rookie and even second year. So it wouldn't surprise me if guys like Sam Laporta and Luke Musgrave with the, the Packers and Dalton Kincaid towards the end of the year might show some flashes, but you don't need to draft those guys. I think you'll be able to get those guys as the year comes through. So pretty much for me, I'm kind of punting tight end. If something falls to me, you know, a guy like Darren Waller, I'm cool taking a, a dice roll on him based on his talent. And like you said, being maybe the best weapon in the Dable offense, at least receiving wise, but he would have to fall pretty much five to 10 picks after ADP for me to consider him. I'm just kind of actively going in to punting tight end this year. Like I said, just kind of building that framework of I'm looking to waiver wire running backs and play the waiver wire with tight ends as well. So yeah, any thoughts, disagreements, agreements with that? No, I agree with that one. I, I usually stay away from tight ends. To be honest with you, I'm with you. Usually if you don't get the Mark Andrews and Travis Kelsey, then what are you going to waste a fourth, fifth round for when you can just get it on the back end? So I'm going to stay away from that as well. I will say, disagree with you. I think Darren's going to have a big year, but I understand that it's a risk. You got to just kind of roll the dice on that. But I do like to agree with you that you should probably stay away from the rookie tight ends this year. I just don't think there's going to be much upside. And you might get them on a waiver wire pickup to fill in a, a bye week, but that's about it. Yeah, and I mentioned Darren just because it's the injury. Everything, if you remove oh, yeah. the injury risk, I'm all about him. I mean, if you promise me he's going to be healthy, I'd say he's he's – He'll definitely have a better year than even if you promised me that Kittle was healthy. I mean, that's how high the upside I feel like and how much I just like Dable as a play caller. Anytime a good coach actively goes out and gets somebody, that's always something I make note of. So yeah, I'm not really hating on Waller at all. I just, like I said, I'd rather, it's the opportunity cost. I'd rather be taking those dice rolls on young receivers. But, you know, I love getting the difference in opinions. Well, let's go ahead and head to defense and kickers. I'm just going to give my strategy on them. I always take them super late oh, yeah. because I'd rather have the roster spot. And then, you know, somebody who drafts Justin Tucker or whoever else are the elite kickers, they drop them during right before their bye week. I will then go ahead and waiver them or pick them up, you know, if my team's doing well, of course. And then, oh, look, you know, I didn't waste my draft pick on them and I, I have a top three, top five kicker. And then defense is just notoriously unsticky, your variance base. So I pretty much will just look at the odds for week two or week one and just see who has the easiest schedule for the first two weeks that I can get in the last round, and I'll take them. And then I'll just play the waiver game kind of one week ahead as we get close to the playoffs. Someone will do the same thing. They'll take a top five defense that they drafted, and then because of the bye week, they'll draft them, or excuse me, drop them, and then I'll waiver them during the year as we get closer to the playoffs. Thoughts on that strategy, your strategy to kicker and defense, and then anything else fantasy-wise you had? Yeah, I would think I still stick around with the kickers. I would say that I do like getting a top five kicker just because they are in your starting lineup every week. They do produce points for you. And, you know, I think getting Graham Gano over getting, you know, the Arizona Cardinals kicker, who I don't even know if they have a kicker anymore. But, if, you know, if you have Gano on your team, he's going to get nine, ten points every week for you. That is going to be a big difference maker eventually. Not every week, but eventually that's going to put you over the top and get you the victory that week. Defenses, no defenses are, like, really screaming at me. So I do like your strategy of just say, first two weeks, let's see who's got the easiest schedule and then go from there. I think the Jets actually have a very good defense. I'm just worried about their schedule. they got to play the Bills twice automatically, so I, and they have to play – 
the Miami Dolphins twice automatically. So I'm kind of worried about that right there. But I agree with you. Wave a wire for the defenses all the way. Yeah, and you got to think the biggest difference maker with defensive scoring is defensive touchdowns. So you maybe want to look at not just bad teams, but bad teams with like rookie quarterbacks. So like Colts, Texans, stuff like that. So if you see that, or if you get really lucky and they play those two teams in like a two, three week window, definitely kind of circle picking up on that. But yeah, well, you know, your lock, uh, Graham Gano here is looking like a kicker number 16 in ADP. So I don't know. I don't think you have to reach for your boy. This I'm not. I'm not reach. <laughs> It's because I just watched him in preseason. He had two, he had two 58-yard field goals, and I was like, God, I love Graham Gano. Yeah. And if you know the football giants, they, they went through a period where they couldn't get a kicker to save their life. So I have a very big man crush on Graham Gano. <laughs> That's true fandom. I do know what you mean. When you do – like – you meet the one, right? You meet the kicker, you meet the right? one. You meet the one after it's been a long, long series of dating. It does feel good. Let me tell you, I went from Ben McAdoo to Pat Shermer, and then Joe Judge, and then Brian Dable. And when I met Brian Dable in my life, I was like, I'm in love. So that's just my buffoon fandom of the New York Football Giants for you coming out. Hey, I feel the same way with Mike Elias, the GM of the Orioles. So it, oh, okay. it just you know, it just makes it sweeter when it happens. Well, I'll tell you what, I will put Brian Cashman into a cannon into space if I could, but I'm very happy for you Baltimore fans. You finally have one winning season in the last thirty years. Uh, well, that means a lot. It really does. And I'm sorry to see you guys in last place. So <laughs> we originally planned to do like 20 minutes on this. We want a little bit longer. That's good. That's good. We are going to have a part two with, uh, I'm going to talk with Rob. We're going to look at season long stuff and really team by team stuff. And we're going to do a survivor league this year. That's a little bit different because what's happened in the last couple of years in our survivor is like everyone has been, has lost in like week two and week three. And it's just like not really fun. So we're going to do survivor for the entire year. And it's going to be the same rule where you have to pick a team to win. You can only use them once. But if you lose, it's okay because we're doing it for the entire year and whoever has the best record will win. So hopefully you have interest in playing that and you'll play in our league. I'll send that invite out as well. But yeah, anything else, big picture NFL-wise or Survivor or anything else you want to tell the fans? Please sign me up for Survivor. I'm automatically in. I got second place in your March Madness after you said I was undraftable. So I remember that very clearly. Only last thing I will say about fantasy is the biggest thing you can do going into the draft is know your league. Know how some people draft. If you've been drafting with the same group like I have since 2008, like just know how they draft and come in with a plan like that. And uh, nope, had fun. I appreciate it. Glad to make my uh, podcast debut with uh, the great Jace Walk. Absolutely. And shout out to that dickhead and Gilbert that's listening. We'll no, no, no. Not, I don't co-sign that. I just asked him to be my best man, so I should probably be nice. <laughs> Which he said to, and this is just like our relationship. He said, I'll let you know. So. <laughs> Too good, too good. All right, appreciate it, Liam. We'll uh, catch up with you later in the year. Bye-bye. All right, buddy. See you.